Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you so much that you are a personal God that desires to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And Father, I pray that you would please be with us now um, as we seek to understand more of how we can practically have a deeper relationship with you. I pray that you would guide my words and that it would honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, my section is called Devotional CPR, Simple Steps to Revive Your Devotional Life. Now, how many of you were born and raised in the Seventh-day Adventist Church? Amen, that's such a blessing, isn't it? You know, it is a blessing, but I also found that there's something, that there's a downfall in being raised in the, in the SDA church. Um, I remember when I was very, from a very young age, my parents would take me to these evangelistic meetings that our church was having, and I would see all these new people coming into the church, and they were just so passionate and on fire, and whenever they would read the Bible, they would cry, and I'm like, what is it, what is it that they have that I don't, you know, and I almost kind of felt jealous of whatever it is that they had. Well, it wasn't until I was in college um, that someone, my friend Karen, actually taught me how to personally study the Bible. Um, I will admit, for many years, my Bible actually looked like this, and I actually did have to dust it off because I never read it. Um, but when I was in college, I went through an experience where my heart was absolutely shattered. And it was during that low point in my life that I actually started to seek for God. And I was like, you know, I know that you can help me because your bio, the Bible says so, but I just don't know how. And I started prayer journaling, and that's all I did for a while. And then I met my friend Karen, and she actually studied the Bible with me every single day for about seven weeks until I was able to do it on my own. And I remember the first time she ever studied with me, I was, I was writing an essay about compassion and what compassion is. And I'm like, you know, I don't even know what compassion really means. And so she was like, well, hey, why don't we study the Bible and see what the Bible has to say about it? And I don't even remember exactly what verse it is that she took me to. But I remember she said, Janelle, I want you to reread this verse, and I want you to put your name in it. And I remember I read it, and I became that person that cried when I read it. And that was the very first time that I ever realized that Jesus loves me. Like, you know, we, we hear all these things, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, but it wasn't until I realized that Jesus loves me that it honestly hit and penetrated my heart. Now, like I mentioned earlier, this section is called CPR, and the way that this kind of came about, um, throughout the years, my friend Karen taught me some things, and just in my own personal study time, this method kind of developed, and you know, I know that there is many methods to studying the Bible. This is my personal method that I'm just sharing with you guys. Um, and the way that this came about is, I was actually teaching some other people how to study the Bible, and there is this one woman, and she was having a really hard time remembering all of the different steps and things that I was going through. And I was like, man, Lord, like I need like an acronym or something to help her to remember this method. And I looked down at my paper that I had everything written out on, and it was almost as if like the Lord was rearranging it in my mind, and it, this, this acronym came out. So we're going to dive into that. Michelle, if you could pass out the handouts. <laughs> Sorry, I should have given you a little bit more warning. Um, we are going to go into what this CPR is, and this is basically a method of understanding what it's saying 
and then how to personally apply it to your life. So um, I'm going to try to go a little slower so Michelle can pass out the papers. So let's start with C. Now, C stands for understanding the content slash the context of whatever you're studying. So this is after we went through everything that Michelle talked about, after you spent some time praying with God. Um, this is when you're about to study a verse, a passage, or a story, and you want to understand what does this say. So for every, every one of these acronyms, we're going to have a question that goes with it. So C stands for content slash context, and you're understanding what does this say? Now, in order for you to do that, we're going to introduce another acronym, and this acronym is DARE. So DARE, we're going to start off with D. D stands for definitions. Uh, my degree is in English, and my best friend during that time was the dictionary, <laughs> because there's a lot of words that I just had no idea what they meant. And uh, if you look at your handout, there's two different kinds of definitions that I wanted to introduce you guys to. So the first one is something that's very simple. You can get an app for it on your phone. You can use a computer. And that's actually looking up the dictionary definition. So that first blank under D is dictionary definition. And so this is an example of that. In and a word that I know that all of us has, have heard many times, but when you look up the definition, you're like, oh, well, that's something that, you know, I didn't really think about. So this is just off the dictionary on my computer. I typed in the word mercy, and I want you to look at this definition. Mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. That's a really deep definition when you think about it. And now, Imagine you're studying a verse where it's talking about God's mercy. If you were just to plug in this definition for where it says mercy, it takes on an entirely new meaning. And we're going to go more into an actual example of studying and breaking down a verse in a little bit. But for this sake, I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of an example. Um, the next one is looking up the definition in the original language. Now, I'm sure that there's a lot of different resources that you personally like to use. Um, I'm just going to share the one that I like to use, and then maybe at the end when we have a Q&A time, we can all share some other resources. But my favorite free resource is called blueletterbible.org. Blueletterbible.org. And in a little bit, I will actually show you how to use this to look up the original language of that verse um, or, or of the word. So you don't have to take Greek or Hebrew, even though if you do, that's awesome. <laughs> My husband's currently taking Hebrew right now. And uh, it's actually really fascinating, some of the things he's learning. Anyway, so that's definitions. Um, you don't have to take the class here at Southern in order to understand what the word means when you're studying the Bible. So our next one is going to be A. And A stands for ask questions. Now, this is specifically asking questions that only the verse can answer. And for that, I actually want to show you an example. So um, if you look on your handout, you will see a list of questions. These questions are going to correspond to this, vet, uh, this verse um, or passage, I mean, that's up on the screen. So this is what the passage says. It's found in Mark 1, um, verses 40 through 42. And it says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. 
Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Now, I want you to look at the questions that I have listed, and you're going to pick up on what I'm doing. Um, I have specifically listed out questions that only this text within the text can answer. So I'm not going to be like, what was the name? Or what, what do you think the name of the leper was? It's not going to be anything like that. Like, if you're looking at your verse, you'll be able to find the answer. So first question, who came to him? The leper. Do you notice how I used the verbiage of the text? I didn't say who came to Jesus. I said who came to him. Um, It may seem kind of tedious, but it does make a difference. Um, From the passage, you can tell, like, who is the him we're referring to. It's Jesus. Um, But I want you to practice using the verbiage of the text. So we answer the first one. Who came to him? The leper. What did the leper say to him? If you are willing, you can make me clean. Good. What was Jesus moved with? Compassion. What did Jesus do when he was moved with compassion? It says he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I'm willing, be cleansed. And then our last question, what caused the leprosy to immediately leave him? As soon as he had spoken. Now, I want you to pick up on this, because this is something that I honestly didn't know until I started asking questions. When you think of this story, and you think of Jesus touching the leper, in my mind, I assumed that it was Jesus' touch that actually healed the leper. Did any of you guys ever have that assumption before? But it wasn't. When Jesus touched the leper, the leper was still unclean. Now, that was a really, really big deal, because when you think about it, leopards were not allowed to be touched, because if someone touched them, they could become unclean. But Jesus intentionally reached out and touched him, and it wasn't until he said, I am willing to be cleansed, that he became clean. So by using, just asking questions, we actually were able to find out that it was actually Jesus speaking that healed him and not his touch. Interesting, isn't it? All right, we're going to move on to R. R stands for references. And this is specifically comparing scripture with scripture. Um, How many of you in your Bibles, you have these margins that kind of, it looks like this up on the screen. For those of you listening on Audioverse, I will try to get the slides so you guys can take a look at it too. But do you see how they have these little numbers or letters, I mean, that's corresponding to for God so loved, and then over here it has Romans 5, 8 and a bunch of other verses? Those verses are cross-references to that section of the passage. So let's just say that you're studying John 3.16, for example, and you want to understand a little bit more of God so loving the world. Well, for that, you're going to look in this section... And you're going to see all of the verses that correspond to that, and you can manually in your Bible flip to those other sections. Um, There's also an easier way to do it through Blue Letter Bible, which, again, I'll show you in a little bit. Um, But it's a really cool resource that you can use, and oftentimes I find that cross-referencing with the Bible helps me to understand that passage a little bit more. So that's a really cool resource to use. Our next one is E, 
And I always like doing this because I stump people, and then as soon as I say it, they're like, oh. So my former SALT students, you can't answer this. Um, <laughs> what do you think E stands for? Cricket, cricket. E actually stands for Ellen White. See, I told you, you're going to be like, oh. Yes, E stands for Ellen White. Her writings are absolutely amazing to read alongside with the Bible. Um, there's two ways that I personally like to use her writings. Um, one is I like to use the actual physical hard copy book. Um, if you go to the beginning of every chapter, at the very bottom, you'll oftentimes see this chapter was based off of, and then it'll give you the reference. Um, what I like to do is read that first and then go back and read the chapter after that. It's good stuff. Another thing that you can do is use the app. And I'll show you how to use that in a little bit. Um, if you just type in like the verse that you're studying and you put quotation marks around it, it will pop up every time Ellen White uses that verse in her writings. So you can see it um, in different places and look at it up that way as well. So that is understanding dare, or how to answer the question, what does this say? So those are basically some different ways that you can actually study a verse or a passage or a story. Now, we're going to move on to P. Now, P stands for paraphrase. Now, someone tell me, what is a paraphrase? Right, it's putting something into your own words. I like to think of it as thinking upon the thought of the verse, the passage, or story until it becomes your own. Um, what I personally like to do is um, I will write two documents up on my computer. One will be my breakdown, like going through definitions and asking questions, references, looking at what Ellen White says, and then I'll pop up another document on the side and I will rewrite everything that I learned in a way that, the way that I like to write it is as if God is talking to me personally. And I'll put in my name because it makes me cry. <laughs> but it, it really does make a difference if you write it either as if God is personally talking to you or as if um, you're personally talking to God. So this is, and this is also answering the question, what does this mean to me? Now the next one is R. And R stands for response. And this is where I like to think back, you know, what was I talking to God about in my opening prayer? What are some things that I'm currently going through? You know, I've been really stressed about finances or work or this or that. And then think, what has God been telling me in my devotions? And why does it matter? And so in the paraphrase, that's where I like to write it as if God is personally talking to me. But then in the response, this is like me responding back to God. And so we're gonna go into an example um, do any of you need me to go back to any slides? If not, we can get them at the very end. Um, so I'm going to actually close this down, and I want you to go ahead and flip over to the back of your paper, and we are going to go through a verse. So if you could get out your Bibles, we are going to turn to Psalm 145, verse 15. Psalms 145, verse 15. I'm going to mirror my display so you can see what I'm doing up here. 
Okay, so this is the Blue Letter Bible website that I was telling you about. So this is something that I like to use. So over here in this box, all you have to do is type in your verse. And then you can also select the version that you want to use. My personal favorite is New King James, so that's what I'm going to select. And you just hit enter, and it will take you to the verse. So let's read it. It says, the eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. So I want us to start looking up what are some of these things and what do they mean. So first, I'm just going to pick on some definitions since we're starting off with our acronym DARE. So um, an easy way is to open up your dictionary as well and just type in a word. So let's type in, I need two hands, <laughs> expectantly. So here is the word expectantly. Can you guys see that? So it's expectantly means with an excited feeling that something is about to happen, especially something good. Now, if I was doing this in my personal devotions right now, I would actually go ahead and type that. So let's see, I have my little document up here. I like to actually write the verse out on the top, and then I'll just go through and write definitions. I'll write out the, um, the word, write out the, ver or the, the definition of that word. And so if you guys want to do that on your paper, you can go ahead and do that. So expectantly, with an excited feeling that something is about to happen, especially something good. So what I want to do now is I want to show you how you can use Blue Letter Bible to actually look up what some words mean. So if you over here to the button that says Tools, and you just click it, it will pop up with these tabs. Interlinear is the original language. So let's just scroll down, and we will look at what it says. So here is what we have in the New King James. Um, when you're looking at their original language, they normally have it just in the King James, which I think is interesting because the word expectantly is listed as wait here. So if you click this button right here where it has the Strong's number, by clicking that button, that will give you the original word for this word. So expectantly, which is also referred to as wait in the new king or in the King James. When you click that button, it gives you the root word. I'm not going to pronounce it because I don't want to butcher it. Um, and it means to inspect, examine, wait, hope, wait upon. So it's pretty similar to what a, what we were also looking up in the dictionary. So this is something else that you can a resource that you can use to look up what the Bible's original definitions are. And you know, there are gonna be times where you will find two words that are exactly the same. I was actually telling Michelle about this earlier in my devotions today. Um, I was reading in Psalms 139, and I was looking at two verses that both said, search me and know me. And in the first time that it is, it's written, the word know means to understand. But the second time it says, know me, it actually is the intimate version of the word no, like Adam knew Eve, his wife. And I thought that was really interesting that the first time it says, you have searched me and you have known me. But the second time it says, search me and know me. 
try me and know my anxieties. And so it was really fascinating that the first time it's saying like God knows you, he understands you. But when you're saying search me and know me, you're actually giving him permission to go deeper into a more personal, intimate relationship with you. So that's some of the cool things that you can find when you look up the original word, because in English, no and no is the same, but in Hebrew, it's not. So that's a pretty cool thing that you can use. So let's go back to our verse, and let's do this. Let's ask some questions. So the eyes of all look expectantly to who? We can look at the verse. To you. The eyes of all look expectantly to you. And by the context, if you're looking at your Bible, we know that this you is God, correct? How are the eyes looking to you? Expectantly. And now we know what the definition of expectantly is. What's the definition of expectantly? Being excited that something is about to happen, especially something good. Now let's go to the next part of the verse. You give them their what? in due season. Their food, what is food? Something that you eat. And you know, we can actually look up what's food and this is another thing you can do. So this is what food is according to the, my dictionary. Food means any nutritious substance that people or animals eat or drink or that plants absorb in order to maintain life and growth. So food is something that you absolutely need in order to maintain life and growth. So God, you, gives them their food in what season? In due season, what does the word or the phrase due season mean? At the right time when you need it. When, how many of you have ever gardened before? I'm a terrible gardener. You can ask my husband. Things just die when they're under my watch. Um, but I can tell the difference when you eat something and it's definitely not ready or when you eat something and it's, it's past its point of readiness. It's, it's just bad. And it's almost like God is saying, I know exactly what you need and I'm going to give it to you at the time that it's at its best. I don't want it to be premature. I don't want it to be over-ripened. It's going to be at its perfect time for you to have it. So I want us to kind of think back over these things. So, so the eyes of all, and all includes who? Includes me, includes you. So all of us can look expectantly to who? To you, to God. And he will give us our food at just the right time. He'll give us exactly what we need, whatever it is that we need to maintain our life and for growth in the time that it's at its best. Now, I was kind of jumping ahead to the paraphrase, but I do want to show you guys how to use references for this. So let's go back to our verse. Um, in the same thing where you click tools, if you click cross-references, it will show you all of the verses that correspond to this section of the verse. So over here where it says the eyes, all of these verses correspond to that section. So if you scroll down, this is the nice thing, and this is the part that I say it kind of saves time, is you don't have to keep flipping back and forth in your physical Bible because you can see all of them right here. 
So what I like to do is go through them and see which ones really stand out to me because there are going to be some that may not, especially like they may not particularly correspond with this passage, but there's going to be ones that are like, oh man, like that like perfectly helps me understand what this is talking about. So if we just scroll through this a little bit. Um, Psalm 145, verse 9, this top one right here. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. That's a really cool one, too. Uh, Psalm 104, 20, verse 21. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. So these are some really cool ones that you can just kind of jot down. And then when you're writing your paraphrase, I like to actually look back and just rewrite as you're going through this. And you know, sometimes the verse that you actually really should be studying is like something that's going to pop up. And when you're cross-referencing, happens all the time. So don't be afraid to be like, oh man, Lord, that's the verse that I needed to hear. God is, has a cool way of doing that. Okay, so... Let me show you how to use Ellen White. I really wanted to hook up my phone so you could see it, but I will use the app or the, the website on the computer so you can look it up. So if you go to egwwritings.org, if you're using a computer, all you have to do is type in the verse. So by putting the quotations around it, it's, type, it's looking up by that exact phrase. So maybe if you're looking up a certain phrase in the Bible, um, or maybe you're trying to look up the story of the woman at the well, I'll type in phrases that I know will probably be in there, like woman and well, and then just put like um, your quotations around those, and then it'll pop things up. So we can go ahead and click one of these and see what she says about it. And the app works this exact same way too. So if you're just in the search bar, if you're doing the same thing, it's going to work that way. So you can go ahead and look and read what it says over here. Um, I do want to mention something as well. When I was teaching people how to study the Bible, the reason why I actually chose this verse in particular is because it is the first verse in Steps to Christ. Um, and what I actually recommend for you guys to do as well, um, again, you guys should definitely pray about, like, Lord, what should I be studying right now? But this is something that I find really does help people that are just starting off in their walk with God, is pick out all of the verses in the first chapter of Steps to Christ and just study one verse at a time. Once you're done with that verse, move on to the next verse, and so on and so forth. And then once you get through all of the verses in that chapter, go and read the chapter, and it's absolutely mind-blowing because you've had all these individual experiences with all these different verses and you're like man I remember when I was reading that verse I was going through this on that day and so on um, and so this is a, a method that I wanted to suggest to you guys but I want I want you to do now is I'm gonna actually have you guys break into groups to study this passage on your own um, go through definitions you can use your phones um, ask questions, I want you to use references, use Ellen White, and then at the very end, or in a little bit, I'm going to be showing you guys how to paraphrase. So I want you guys to just take some time now, get together, and go through this verse, and we'll come back in for the paraphrase. All right, I'm going to wrap things up. Um, 
Is there anything that you guys found as you're going through it that you want to share? I've heard some really cool stuff as I, was, as, as I have been going around. But is there anything that anyone wants to share that they found that was like, oh, I didn't see that before? I'm going to have you talk in the mic for audioverse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm so honored. Um, <laughs> um, I think going through the context of, you know, the chapter, the whole chapter is very important because um, sometimes, you know, we try to isolate the verse on its own and we don't get the full picture of what it's saying. So I think, you know, reading the whole chapter and zeroing, zeroing in on that verse um, while having an understanding of what the whole chapter is saying is very important. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's very true. Um, the chapter will definitely help to give you more context of like, so what is this verse in context of, right? Anyone else? Anyone else would like to share? Um, I know that when I was with this group over here, um, they decided to look up the, the word look. And as they were doing that, I was like, huh, you know, something just popped out in my mind. And, you know, in order for the eyes of all to know that something is going to be coming from you in context of the verse, they need to look. They need to look at the person that is going to do this exciting thing that is especially good. So I thought that that was something that was pretty cool. Um, before we transition on, I have a video that I'm going to share with you in a little bit. Um, and in the video, I'm going to show you a little bit more of what I mean by a paraphrase. Um, and this is something that is really personal. I want you guys to make sure that when you're doing your paraphrase, you're only using the words I, me. It's not like, what I've learned from this is that we need to, you know, no. Like, this is God just talking to you. Um, you know, when the preacher's up front, like, they will use the word we because he's talking to everyone. But when it's just you and your time with God, this is just God and you. This is not God telling you about your friend and being like, your friend needs to hear this. You know, it may be that God will use you to share what you learned for your friend, but more often this is just for you. So I want you guys to practice using that for your paraphrase and your response. Um, this video that we had made, um, our friends over at Little Light Studios made it for us. Um, for some reason, it's not currently on their channel. I think they're currently revamping it and having different sections, so you can't find it on YouTube right now. Um, and the reason why Ellen White is left off is because this is more of an outreach tool, but you can still use Ellen White, so. Hey, YouTube. How do I study the Bible? Studying the Bible is simple, and I'll show you how in five minutes or less. Don't be afraid to look it up. 
You can either use a dictionary, or the internet has helpful resources to even look up the definitions in the Bible's original language. The second tool is using references. The Bible explains itself. Sometimes the explanation isn't within the same verse or chapter, but comparing scripture with scripture will help you to understand it. You can use the margins in the Bible to find the cross-references. There are also online resources to help you find references as well. Our third tool is asking questions that only the verse can answer. This tool is extremely simple. I'll give an example in a bit. After finishing C, asking what does it say, we move on to P, paraphrase. Paraphrase answers the question, what does this mean to me? Think upon the thought of the text until it becomes your own. I like to think of it as God talking just to me. Next is R, response. Response answers the question, why does it matter? This is where I reflect upon what I've been going through lately. What did I just tell God in my opening prayer? While the paraphrase is God speaking to me, this is where I like to respond back to God. Let's do an example with Jesus calming the speak, starting with Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Then they came to the other side of the sea. Let's understand what this says with CPR. What does the word care mean? The dictionary defines care as feel concern or interest, attach importance to something. Let's now look up the references for peace be still. Psalm 65 verse 7 says, You who still the noise of the seas, the noise of the waves, and the tumult of the people. Now for the question. What did Jesus tell the disciples they were going to do? What happened as they were crossing? Where was Jesus when all this happened? How did the disciples react to the storm? What did the disciples tell Jesus when they woke him up? What did Jesus do in response? Where did they go? After you answer these questions, paraphrase it as if God was speaking just to you. Here's an example. In the evening, I told the disciples they were going to cross over to the other side. We got in the boat and departed out to sea. While we were sailing, a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat and began filling it with water. From the perspective of the disciples, it looked like we were going to perish. They thought that they weren't important to me, and they accused me of not caring for them. Instead of telling them that I cared for them, I showed them. I rose up, I rebuked the wind and calmed the sea. Only then did I turn to the disciples and ask them why they were so fearful. I asked them this question because I already told them that we would get to the other side. Now it's time to respond, and I want you to think, what does this story mean to you? And why does it matter? Maybe you feel like God calls you to do something, but things aren't going the way you hoped. Maybe you feel like you're in the middle of a storm, and from your perspective, it feels like God doesn't care. If you feel this way, I want you to keep this in mind. Just as Jesus proved to the disciples that he cared for them, he will prove to you how precious you are to him. Also, Jesus never promised there wouldn't be storms, but he promises to always get you through it, and he'll be there with you in the storm. So I don't want you to feel intimidated that you have to write paraphrases exactly like that because everyone's different. Um, but this is just an example of how I feel like God talks to me. You know, I'll study, 
I'll put it on a piece of paper over here. I'll read through it and I'll write it as if God is personally talking to me. And at the very end, then that's where I respond back to God. And I'm like, well, you know what, Lord? You know, just going off of what we learned today, I realize that I need to look expectantly to you. I need to look to you as if something is about to happen and especially something good. Um, I also know that you know exactly what I need and that you're going to give it to me at the right time. You know that maybe it's not quite ready yet, but when you know that it, it is at its best, that's when you're going to take care of my needs. So I hope and pray that um, this has been helpful to you guys. I do have another handout. Um, it looks like a homework assignment because it was. Um, <laughs> so I I helped uh, Alan, Alan Parker teach Christian spirituality where I actually taught this method. And so it was a homework assignment for our students to have to do their own, their, their own verse using this method. So I wanted them to have a format example. Don't feel like you have to follow this format, but it's just an example of how I broke down this verse. Um, so you can kind of go and reference back to it. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and end with, um, with prayer, and then we'll open up for some question and answers if you guys have any other questions about studying the Bible, and Michelle and I can tag team in answering. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you again that you are a loving and compassionate God and that um, we can look to you expectantly, that you're going to do something, and especially something good. And so, Father, we pray that you would be with us, that you would revive our devotional life, that you would take us deeper in our walk with you, and that you would just help us to get to know you more and understand more of your character. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.